Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping, alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. Okay, guys. So today we are here with Tibba Smith, and we both have coffee in hand. That's why we're in such a good mood this morning. But Tibba, thanks for coming to the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Jordan. Um, I always think you do a great job with this. All of us do uh, do appreciate it. Well, thanks. I enjoy talking. Everybody's probably like, oh, yeah, we know you talk a lot, but it's fun <laughs> to to come and tell these stories and, and get to showcase you guys. You know, I, I've made so many friends, and I'm so thankful for the rodeo world, but I love that I get to be able to share your guys' stories on here and and hopefully it resonates with people out there. And, you know, I just think that there's so many different ways that we all do this and do what we love. And um, I think anybody can truly do it. So we all we all seem to find a way. I don't know if that's because we, we love it or we're women and hard headed. I'm not sure which one. Maybe all of the above, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and it's good that you are like we I know you well. And so. I'm a terrible speaker, and so this is going to be a, a pretty good test, but at least you know me and you know kind of the things that I've done, and we'll get through this. So. Yeah, well, you are no stranger to the rodeo world by any means. Um, you have been an elite athlete. I mean, I, I'm assuming I, I didn't know you when you were teeny tiny at, at the peewees, but I'm sure that forever on, you know, you have such a competitive family. You grew up in the rodeo world. Uh, you're from New Mexico. Originally, you migrated to Stephenville for a little while. Now you're back in New Mexico. But really, I mean, what we do, we we live in a virtual rural world. So I don't really know that we have one location. Maybe we sleep somewhere a little bit more than the rest <laughs> in the in the year. But I think we're really all around cowgirls. So talk to me a little bit about how rodeo kind of started in, in your family and, and in your life and the places that it took you. Um, I definitely grew up in a rodeo family. Um, I live in New Mexico or I'm from New Mexico. We live 30 miles from a town. So um, that's kind of what we did. We, we ranched. And so we rode horses and we roped. And I mean, I remember my mom telling me stories when I was like four years old, like chasing the big dairy calves around. And my other sisters would go and take the rope off. Like, it's just, it's what I've done my whole entire life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad, I homeschooled for the first couple of years and then my mom made me go to school. So that was pretty sad. My dad and I were really sad. When, Real depressed. When that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and then we moved over, we were from Carlsbad, from that ranch, and then we moved closer to Hobbs, still 30 miles from a town. Um, but same thing happened, you know, we were just, we worked cows and we rope, and um, I've got two sh younger sisters that rope amazing too. They don't travel as much as I do. Um, 
Stephanie, the youngest one, hates to travel. She, you know, barely gets to town uh, <laughs> once a week. Uh, and Kelly, and she won, I believe, the college finals her freshman year. Uh, she's got two boys. One's a junior and one's an eighth grader. And so they take them a lot. Um, she's still team ropes. She'll, you know, throw a breakaway loop every once in a while. But um, I do. I had great grandparents. My my granddads both were definitely winners. Um, my granddad, John Ray Powell, he was still competing when he was 90 years old. I think he, yep. uh, two weeks before he had his stroke, he roped a calf in two five and probably tied one down in 12. Like it's yeah, I, I was there. Kenny. He beat me. Not cool. <laughs> yeah. And the same with um with Kenny Smith. That, you know, I got to see him a little bit more growing up. Um, and he was they, his name was Trail Boss. And he was, you know, he was that. Like, you know, he ran our family and he was, you know, a quiet, but everybody respected him so much. Um, he always had really good horses. And so I got to, you know, grow up with them, you know, as my as my idols, I guess you would yeah. say. And then my dad is an amazing roper, but he's like Stephanie. He can't hardly go to town. And so he could have made the finals over and over again, probably, but he could not have. Um, he can't travel. So He can't travel. Travel no. is not in his in his go-to. No. Uh-uh. Nope. Well, and I think it's so cool, like, just talking about your granddad, Johnny Ray Powell, for just a second. You know, before pro rodeos were in breakaway, we went to the ultimate ropings. And it was like amateur rodeos and ultimate calf ropings. And so that's kind of where where I grew up a little bit roping and, and learning to break the rope was at those ultimates. And it was so cool. Your, your granddad was 90 years old. They had a roping just for him. He literally <laughs> tied down four calves and I think he won that roping. And then he he roped in the breakaway. And I think he placed or if not won that rope and like. What an awesome attribute to be 90 years old and still do it. And I, I remember my husband asking him, you know, how do you get up and do that every day? And he said, <laughs> if I didn't, I would be dead, you know? And yeah. I was like, just, I mean, I hope that when I'm that age, I can still be, be getting up and, and roping yeah. and, and doing all those things that, that you truly love. And that's one thing about that generation that I think is so neat to say. And just for you guys to be a part of that in your family is they truly and sincerely loved rodeo roping ranching through and through like it was what they did and who they were yes it was like he he was he was you know loading his saddle um when he had the stroke that day like i mean to get ready to go to the texas senior the next morning i mean that's right. like he literally i mean until the day that he you know couldn't do it anymore that's that's what he loved to do and he would get up every morning and he would go drive the dozer on the ranch in el dorado and then about lunch, he would come in and then he would rope in the afternoon. So mm -hmm. that was his day. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you got your your start from your family in New Mexico. And then you went to Stephenville and you college rodeo there and you had tons of success for the Tarleton State Rodeo Team. Um, I know my husband was there for a little bit of it. And then you actually were, worked and coached a little bit with my husband. So talk to me a little bit about you know, the, the college rodeo scene and what that did for you in your career to help you along to, to where you are today. I did. Like I actually went to Snyder, um, for Greg Rhodes for two years and my freshman year, we won the women's title. I think I won two rounds. I got a barrier to probably be the national champion that year, but, uh, Brandy used to be Brock, uh, Jill Childers and Jamie Stanford. Um, we did, we, we had a great, great year that year. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I went to Tarleton right after that. 
And I think we won second or third one year up there. And I won a lot of rounds. And I think my best was probably third in the nation. Um, and I made it, I guess I made it in the breakaway all four years, made it in the goat tying either two or three. And I even made it in the barrels one year up there. But I mean, I wasn't really all about the barrels because it started at seven o'clock in the morning and I didn't have a good building <laughs> horse. And I told my mom, I'm like, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> this makes for a long day, three events. So, Well, for those of us who truly know you, you have a secret love and, and to be a barrel racer. Like, like you just do. You want and you're good at it, but you try to hide it and you try to pretend like you don't love it. But you you really love it. I know you love it. Oh, you can I just do. say it. I do. I do love it. I love it on a good horse, you know, yeah. or actually I really love to start them um, and then go through the whole process. I'm not going to say I'm a huge fraturity person because I ha- like we laugh because I have commitment issues on when I enter the barrel races. So <laughs> fraturities are not really for me. I did enter a few of them last year because I did have a really good five-year-old. Um, and so, but yeah, I just kind of dangle in them every once in a while, but I do. I like to, I love to run barrels. Um, you like to go it- fast. I'd like to go fast. I want a rodeo horse. Like I just that's all <laughs> you I want. Then you just get on and win first, and then hand him <laughs> off to your saddle yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I need one of those, but Shane doesn't unsaddle or saddle. <laughs> but yeah, it was funny because I have a mare that I that I trained that I rope and I run barrels on, and actually, you know, I'm kind of selling her right now because I've got some young ones and. It's just, uh, that's what I love to do is I start them. I pro- like, I go through the process of seasoning them, they win. And, and then it's kind of time for them to go on, you know, to somebody else. But it was funny. Like I didn't, I didn't run probably from March till I guess when I came home right before whenever La Misa was. So that's what, first of August, mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't ran, been around the barrels on Harley since then. And so I got home and entered La Misa and some of my buddies were laughing. They're like, are you even going to work her? And I'm like, my arena is too hard. Like I'll just turn her in a couple of, you know, bushes around the pasture and we'll call it good. <laughs> and she goes and smokes a run at Lamisa. I think I went second right behind Jill Wilson, who had, you know, placed at Calgary, right. You know, just a couple of weeks before uh-huh. then. So I do. I do love it. That's a pretty good feeling. And and I think that's so cool. Like, you know, I think that's a little bit of the untold in our breakaway roping industry is there are so many girls at breakaway rope that have such a heavy passion for every other sport in rodeo, whether it's barrel racing, whether it's team roping. I don't know. Well, Lindsay Sumter might have wanted a bulldog. She's probably got down on one before. I'm not sure. (laughs) She may be the only one. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have any doubt that she's probably got on some rough stock once or twice in her life. I know Martha Angeloni has been a, you know, a ranch bronc riding cowgirl at one point in time. So I just think that it is really cool though. Uh, just to kind of see that it's not just, I mean, we do have a one track mind. I will say we breakaway roping is probably first and foremost, our priority, but we do, we, we have a love and, you know, we're trying to learn and, and be just as active involved in all those other sports that are in rodeo. And so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do. Like sometimes I, I get mad at myself. I'm like, you're kind of the jack of all trades, master of none right now. And so for this year, I've really, I've really set some goals and I've really sat down with myself and, and wrote some stuff down that I do need to focus. Cause I do like, I, like you say, I, I love to run barrels. I love to rope. I really love to team rope too, but right now I do not have the time to practice. Um, and if I can't be really good at it, I I don't do it very well. And so I, I think just, that's I anybody. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, 
I have two jobs. And yeah, I was going to say, speaking of jack of all trades, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, in all sincerity, like, you know, everybody we've we've talked to on this show does it different. Right. And I love that about rodeo and breakaway roping is nobody is like the same cookie cutter, cut and dry. This is what you do. You can't do X to get Y. And so you have you're a full time mom. Well, we better mention Shane on here. He'll be a little upset if we don't. He will who, be upset. who is um, I can't believe that he has his permit, but he has his no. PRCA rodeo permit. He was entered at a pro rodeo in Lubbock uh, in in the fall. And I was like, wait, what? I'm sorry, what? I mean, that means that means I'm old. Like, I really remember when he was little and cute and, you know, like huggable. Yeah. Now he's a man. Yeah. So we, we you, your full time mom. You are the College Rodeo Southwest Region Secretary. You run that whole region. And you also are an insurance adjuster, um, breakaway roper, barrel horse trainer, team roper. What else am I missing? <laughs> that's what i said i said i have too many jobs i need to try to <laughs> try to prioritize just a little bit so so talk to me a little bit about you know i know that it looks a little different for everybody but how have you made it work to be able to follow your dreams in pro rodeo you know i know that when you got out of college you know it, it really there wasn't much future like these girls that are maybe getting out of college and or high school have today is there wasn't pro rodeos for us you know we college rodeoed we amateur rodeoed and then these huge doors opened and a lot of us had full-time jobs and some of these other things but we've still been able to make it work so tell me how it's been you know juggling a family and and a full-time job and then still being able to go out and compete as a full-time professional breakaway roper yeah, I uh, yeah. When I got out of college, I went to the amateurs for a couple of years and would be considered like you know really focusing on my break lane. But then, like that, the team roping was kind of big then, yep. and I loved the team roping, so I kind of got into that. And honestly, I don't even know the last time I made an association finals up until the turquoise circuit finals last year. Like when I tell you, it's been ten years probably. But when the American started, and you know, like the pro rodeo started and the WCRA, like they gave us an opportunity to make money, you mm -hmm. know, as breakaway ropers. And so I didn't really have a good breakaway horse. Um, and so I kind of had to, you know, start back from scratch, like learn how to throw it fast again, try to get something that, you know, that I do like to breakaway on. Cause I would just, I mean, I would have something that I could head and breakaway on, yeah. but I mean, I've kind of, and I'm still don't say that I, I do really, I got one, um, this past summer that Trent Walls owns lashes. Um, I do think that she will, you know, really up my breakaway. Um, cause I, I really do get along with her good, but it was, it was a big transition to get back into the breakaway world after being a team roper and after, you know, running barrels and stuff like that. Like I didn't have a passion for breakaway roping. Mm -hmm. Yes. I will always love it, but like, it wasn't there for me to practice, you know, you know, rope the dummy for an hour, you know, track cab, you know, or, you know, all that. Cause it just, the money wasn't there and right. my time, there you know that was when I was at Tarleton and assistant coach to a huge um you know 100 plus rodeo team yes and yeah Shane yeah. I was a soccer mom like we drove to Fort Worth every weekend you know we had practice three times a week and then drove to Fort Worth on the weekends to go play soccer um so that that was kind of that and then moved back to Hobbs and that's kind of when all the pro rodeos started and mm -hmm. so I've had to really you know during my college rodeos I can't go very much so I really try to go before they start and then after, you know, like during the summer. Right. So. 
So talk to me a little bit because I mean, one thing that is well known, I think, in our industry is just how hand how handy you are. I mean, you're a very good hand in and out of the arena. There's really not anything that you can't do. And if there is, you know, prove you wrong until you can't do it and, and you'll do it. <laughs> so I'll really do it. And then yeah. you'll really do it. Um, but so tell me, like, what were some of the things that you went through to get back into it? You know, I know that there's a lot of ladies out there that you know, you were kind of caught in the crosshairs when it was like almost just a little too far off, but not really. But you just, you know, grind it out. And you get back into it and you you get back to the top where you're one of the most competitive girls going. So what were some of the things that you had to do to make all of that happen and get back into that competitive atmosphere with that competitive edge? So for me, um, I get a lot out of roping the dummy. I mean, in some people, hate to rope the dummy. They don't get anything out of it. I have to start there. I mean, I do. And then I've got to where I really, it helps my roping a lot to just get out and just pin rope, just track the calves. And, you know, cause to me, that's where I fix my mistakes that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do try so hard. Sometimes I try too much so I can kind of slow stuff back down in the practice pin and on the dummy and get, get back. Right. Um, I do feel like nowadays it's so tough and so fast and the girls are so young like for me as an older person I've got to work out and I've got to stay a little bit more fit and stuff like that so that Mm -hmm. was one thing um that I've had to work on um and a a horse that fits you like is is very important and like I said I've bounced around I don't even I probably rode eight horses last year and and probably won money on eight of them but I do. That's what Trent Walls and I talked about a lot is like, he's like, you've got to get your own. Like you've got to get one that you love. You're never going to, you know, make the finals if you don't have your own. And and I like, it's, it's something that's got to fit you. And these girls rope too good for you not to have one that fits you. Um, So you do have to spend a little bit. It's going to be okay in the long run because, you know, you're going to have something that you can compete on and be competitive Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Well, and I think keyword show up and be competitive on, you know, and and one thing I want to touch on a little bit and, and that I really love to see today and we're seeing more and more of it all the time is there is not really any one set style of roping and or riding. And so I would say, you know, like you're talking about one that fits you. I would say one of the things that I've had to learn is what is my style of roping and then what kind of horse do I need that fits that style? And my husband, I, you know, I, I, I'm pretty much a cheater because Raymond just tells me what I need. And he's like, I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, no, that's not going to work. And then I have to prove it to myself that it clearly doesn't work. And you know, don't tell him that, but I mean, I have somebody to help me kind of gauge that, but not everybody does. So what are some tips that you would give to people saying like how to find the horse that works for you? I would say that, um, like you said, know your style. Like if you put me on one of a horse, like someone who has a totally different style than me, like it's not going to work. Um, you have to know what you want in a feel of the horse. Um, because you can, you can waste a lot of time trying to force things into happening that are Mm -hmm. probably not happen. And if you can jump on that one and it's like, riding in a Cadillac you're like oh my gosh this makes my job easier like that's the kind that you need when I went down the road of becoming an entrepreneur it was really one of the scariest things that I have ever done but something I'm so thankful for now I have literally started from the ground up with over 10 years of experience and that is where Fabrizio marketing originated from 
Marketing can be very confusing and overwhelming. And if you're just starting your business or you're not sure which steps to take or how to take them, let us help. We can help you get started from the ground up with establishing your business, creating a logo, creating a brand for your business, designing a website, social media management, email marketing, you name it, we can do it. Let's get focused on growing your business and let me and my team do the hard work for you. Visit our website at FabrizioMarketing.com or you can email me at Jordan at FabrizioMarketing.com. We can't wait to work with you. Now let's get back to breakaway roping. I've tried to force things before and then, you know, kind of like Carly, like she was great. I mean, I've won money in the, at the pro rodeos in the barrels and the breakaway on her, but I'm not going to say that she's the horse that I'm going to make the finals on. Like she Mm -hmm. just, I can get by and I can win money on her, but I don't love her to rope on and someone else is going to love her to rope on. You know, she's going to fit someone great, but that's just not. And it took me a while to, to realize that because courses like that are hard to find, you know, that you can do both events on. And so it was a pretty tough decision, but I do believe I'm making the right one. Um, in, in the sense that I, she is not my, my, my horse that I can make the finals on. So, well, and I think too, a couple things that, that I've learned is there are girls that do have those horses. And so when you show up on a horse that's maybe you don't have as much confidence in, like you're not 120% confident in, like maybe you think you can win on them and you have one on them, but it's not like no doubt about it. You're not worried about your horse. Like you're focusing on the calf. That's probably not going to work because you're on a sub average horse, in your opinion, trying to beat the best in the world. So Mm -hmm. that's a big obstacle. And secondly, like for me is, you know, I kind of had this this big lie going on in my head that, well, if I'm a cowgirl and I'm a professional, that I should be able to rope on anything. I should be able to ride anything. And if I can't, then that's a dig against me, you know, and I've really had to like, you know, really chip that thing, that chip off my shoulder and get rid of it because that is just not true at all. You know, not every horse fits every person. And yeah, there probably are those people out there that can ride anything. And they I'm so glad that you're great and you can do all those things. But for me, I, I was just had to be honest and I couldn't. And so you have to try to find that horse. And if it's not working, it's nothing against you. Just like you're you're saying, you know, Harley is a good horse and you've won on her, but you're like, hey, honestly, I don't know that I'm going to make the finals on her. And so you're willing to make that change and get something in your life and open those doors and opportunities that maybe you can. So I think that's great as a roper. And I think you've got to be honest that way. Yeah. And honestly, I do think I might can make the finals on her if I could go to 60 or 70 or 80 rodeos. But right now, my schedule in my life, there is no way I'm making it to that many rodeos. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I make it to 40 this year, I'm going to be doing great. You know, it's just because it's Shane's senior year. Like, I don't want to miss some of his things. And so, like, my deal is when I show up somewhere, I'm going to have to win, uh, you know, more than others, because I'm not going to be able to go as much as others. And I know I drive people like all of my friends that want, that push me so much to, you know, make the finals and go and get out there. Like, I know I drive them crazy because I do have my other priorities right now. And they're like, just go already. But I'm like, I, like, I'm not going to miss these things right now, you know? And maybe when Shane is gone next year, you know, and doing his thing, I'll be able to go more. But I mean, like I know going in right now this year that I need to have, you know, a really good building, you know, really good, do really good at the buildings 
And, you know, come July, I love the month of July. You know, there's so much to be won. And I really love the Northwest. And so that's that's my areas when when I think I can go. So. Yeah. And I love that. And, and let's talk a little bit about Shane, you know, a little bit more. Is it you guys, you you have a special relationship, first and foremost, as a mother and son. But secondly, <laughs> you've also had to share some horses going through the years. And I think it's probably because you had good horses and Shane is a little bit of a greedy kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but Shane did ride some of your horses and, and you guys did share a horse. So talk a little bit about what that experience was like and how you guys worked that out to where you could both benefit from riding that horse at the same time and kind of who decided who got to take him where. Yeah. And, and that's where some of the people get so mad. Cause I mean, I win Los Fresnos and I win two rounds at San Antonio. And when I go back to the semis, like I'm riding something else because Shane had a high school rodeo and, you know, he's only got so many high school rodeos and he was, you know, doing pretty good. And I bought that Bay horse for him. We we're talking about jelly bean, which yeah. it's funny because like bays for days like that's me i have bay horses every single one of them is a bay so most of the time people don't even realize that i have that many no but that's why nobody knows I... that you are on different horse because they're all bay <laughs> literally but i did the bay that i bought from reed and tierra zaplak um i i won a bunch on him that year um but it's i guess 21 maybe mm-hmm. it's the year um but i did like i bought him for shane and i did have to ride him Um, but so when it came down to, you know, who gets him, like his high school rodeos trumped, you know, even San Antonio. And I had that horse of that mare Bart Hutton's like, she did great. Like I just roped one around the ears that I shouldn't have. Um, but that is something that I borrowed, I borrowed, uh, uh, oh, I had him sent to Reno and I used him for a week and then got back and he had to go back to Shane. And so I really, when I, I didn't even want to go back, um, after, when I got back from Reno and Greeley and some of them, like I was totally content with turning out over the 4th of July and not going because I didn't have my own horse. And like, right. it was, I went to Pecos and I didn't even hit two of them. Like it was bad because, and I thought, okay, God, like I see it. I know I took my kid's horse and I know that he needs me right now. And I mean, thank you for making me look like an idiot here. I will give the horse back. <laughs> <laughs> like literally that's my thought process. <laughs> So I was like, that's it. I'm not going. (laughs) So Uh that's when Amber and Kurt Crawford, they're like, no, you're going to ride ours. Like, and then Uh when you want to fly home, you fly home. And, and I got to get on, you know, caddy at some of them. And Amber has a really good young horse that I rode, like we busted him out at Prescott. I rode him at Prescott. She's like, oh my gosh, can you please just ride caddy? Like she was having a panic attack Mm -hmm. and that pair did great. You know, I think one second at Kildare, maybe. I mean, I had and placed at Oakley city. Like, I mean, I had almost a $5,000, you know, 4th of July on a four-year-old that had, you know, got busted out at that, you know, fraternity at the RFA. That was the, his, or her first outing was in February. Yeah. Well, well but I think is- it's, it's pretty cool that the friendships that we make and then those people that step up, you know, because they, Amber and Kurt didn't have to do that. And some of those other no. people that stepped up and, and let you on and let you ride their horse, like they, they don't have to do that. They choose to do those yeah. things. And I think that's what makes the rodeo world pretty special is, you know, those friendships that we make and, and, you know, it, it's a thing that will last forever. Yeah, no, it is. And, and Martha let me get on Jesse too. So I guess after, um, Vernal, Trent called, Walls called, and he's like, hey, 
uh, which I've been wanting lashes for a long time. Like I have the the full sister or the part half sister um, is Swift, the fraternity cult that I run barrels on. Well, lashes is the older sister and she's a great head horse and she kind of had an injury. And so they rehabbed her um, at Brittany Posey Tanazi's place down at Lampasas and Trent called me at Vernal and I'll never forget. He's like, Hey, you know, I think lashes wants to be a breakaway horse now. And I'm like, I will fly home tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm not really home. Like that. I was going to fly home to Jackie's home, not my home. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I will be back. Like, give I'll me be there. Days, don't change your mind. <laughs> so oh, I did, like, I got to ride her, but then like and Martha, she was, she needed, when I got her back out there, there was a couple things that we didn't transition great, you know, from being a head horse to a breakaway horse at first. And so Martha let me on Jesse several different places. Um, and so that was a huge blessing. Like I won placed at San Juan when I had to win money, you know, to stay in Houston and some of the bigger rodeos. Like I think I won 4,000 there. And it was like those friendships, like I can't ever repay them for what they do to be like, they, they probably have more confidence in my roping that I had in myself this summer and so I definitely couldn't have done it without all of them for sure well and that's something I think that is really neat and I think you have to be out there in the middle of it to see but there's so many highs and lows and I know we talk about this a lot but really until you're in the middle of it you don't get it but one thing that I really think you 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 see people's their fruit is when you're going through a low the people that bring you up back to their high level and give you their confidence and their courage. Those are the people that really stand out to me because at some point in time, it will happen to you. And so um, those are the people that really make a difference too. And, and I think that it's, you know, those are the ones that I guess we see behind the scenes that are really competitive, but they're humble competitors. And um, that's something that I really love about Breakaway too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and there's so many good things, you know, like people say it's so competitive and it is, but I mean, there's so much good out there also. Yeah, there is good. You know, you've got to be looking for it. There's bad everywhere. You can find bad in any situation, Mm -hmm. but there's also good too, if if you're looking for it. So I think that's pretty neat, but let's talk a little bit about the fraternities. You know, the RFA is coming up and that is an event that you won. It was the first event, the inaugural fraternity RFA Ropers Fraternity of America last year. And I think you came out of there winning like uh, 80,000. So um, talk to me a little bit about that format and, you know, the fraternities are totally new in this industry for us. You know, I know they've been around for a long time, but really roping and breakaway roping and tie down roping, they they haven't really been. And so that's some pretty exciting things. So tell me a little bit about the RFA and what that was like last year competing there and, and coming away with the inaugural title. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Um, which I really didn't know too much about it. Um, I remember being at my house and Hobbs and riding some horses and Bart Hutton called me. Um, and so Bart is also my boss, um, for the insurance company that I work for. And so I looked down and I was like, Oh no, what's Bart calling me for? I'm not even running a clinic right now. You know, stuff like, oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. So he, he called me. He's like, Hey, I need you to be my, my rider, my roper. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, I don't know. It's going to pay a lot and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, okay. He's like, but you can only ride one horse. I said, okay, I'm in like, just tell me as long as it's not during a college rodeo, I'm in. And so then finally, you know, a couple months later rolls around and they started, you know, advertising and it is like, it was, so the, the slot roping that I won, a horse had to be 
um, four years old and they could not have competed anywhere prior. They could exhibition, but they could not have been competed on um, mm-hmm. for prize money, anything like that. And so Justin Moss um, had had the horse down there at, um, at Giddings and I went down and rode him one time, um, <laughs> you know, one day. And like, luckily I, luckily I, I'm, I can jump ride, I guess, pretty good because mm-hmm. I've, rode a bunch of barrel horses for other people. And then I've, you know, rode my own breakaway horses. So I'm going to say like, you know, it was, I did have an advantage because I had rode for someone else before. Like I felt sorry for some of those breakaway ropers there last year because they were so nervous. Like it paid 60,000 to win it. And you, you didn't pay your, most of them didn't pay their own entry fees. You know, they were riding for someone else and Mm -hmm. just for them, the, it was like so nerve wracking because they had never really done it before. And, and luckily I had done it before. And so you know, my thinking was, Hey, like this pays a lot. I can go, I can only do what I can do. So just, you know, get, hit the barrier and just get it around their neck. However, however it works out, but that's, you know, that was the goal that day. Right. And we did, we had some issues. My mind kind of came untrained just a little bit. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) but like I said, you stayed in the buggy. I stayed in the buggy. Um, Justin Moss was like, I'm really glad that, you know, you've kind of, you know, grew up on a ranch and you, you handled that situation really well. So, <laughs> but we, we grew really good on our second calf and I knew he was a good one. And so, um, we did, we won third, third in the second round and, and won the average. And when I left the arena, I was kind of toward the top 10 or 15, I think, um, in the second round and I went and unsaddled and, you know, walked back up there and I'm kind of watching and, uh, Justin's wife and I are sitting there and like, I kind of knew who had done good in the first round and they kind of just kept dropping out and dropping out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like after there was only three or four left and I looked at Charlie and I'm like, I think we just won. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you did hurry and go get your saddle back on your horse. So (laughs) ran back out there and saddled even and went back in, but Bart, he was, he was pretty excited. And, um, it was, it was fun. Like, I mean, it was, you know, an atmosphere that I had been in, but a lot of them hadn't. And mm-hmm. so just to w- get that big check, it was, it was a, one of the greatest feelings ever. So. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and I mean, you know, we, we've seen the American, the WCRAs, uh, the pro rodeos, you know, we, we're getting opportunities to run at bigger money, but to, there's not very many venues that you get to run at a check of that nature and then that stature. And then on top of that, you're riding a four-year-old that has not been competed on. And, you know, I think that that maybe explains a little bit. I know last year and this year, there's a lot of jackpot ropings that are selling exhibition spots to where mm-hmm. it's before and or after the jackpot to where these girls are or roping on their horses because they're not competing for money. They're just exhibitioning. And I was like, what are you guys doing? You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. And so it's really neat to see and, and watch these horses. And, you know, it's a lot on a horse at, at any competitive level, I will say at any age, really. I mean, we ask them to stand there dead still and then give us their life and then drag their butt two seconds or less, <laughs> more of the time less now. Uh, and yeah. so, um, to be a four-year-old it, it that setup, I know they said the cabs were pretty strong. The start was a little bit longer. And so it's a lot of, it's a big pressure situation for these horses. And so I think it's a really cool new, new factor. And, and I know, you know, I'm working with Haven Medjid and Shane Hanchi on, they're doing the gold buckle fraternity in, in October. And that's, there's some, some news to come out about that too. So I think there's some really cool things on the horizon in the fraternity world that are entering for breakaway and tie down roping. So it's pretty exciting. 
I know. I am excited about all that. And I, I believe the, the Grand Royal also has breakaway um, in the Riata, in the pink buckle. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's getting to be a bunch of them, which makes me really excited because I do love to start them and ride young horses. And so, you know, yes, I do want to make the finals um, uh, one year. And then if I make it more than one year, that's great. But like that fraternity stuff kind of excites me. Like yeah. I, I would love to, you know, stay closer to home and ride for, you know, huge money like that. Uh, well, and it creates a longevity of our sport, right? So instead <laughs> of just it being like, you go to high school, you go to college, you go to pro rodeos, you're done. Now it's like, for those people that are, that want to go and beat the trail up, they can pro rodeo. Or for those people who are like, hey, I want to stay home and train horses. They have an outlet for that. Or, you know, for the, there's so many different outlets that are emerging because Breakway has just grown so tremendously in this past few years. And it's just really exciting to see, like, you know, I know we said it over and over again, and I I have to pinch myself because I'm like, holy cow, this is happening. But there's careers evolving out of breakaway roping. And I just, I'm very blessed to to say that that's happening now. Yes, for sure. And I mean, like, you know, as well as I do, like at our college rodeos, we literally had 200 breakaway ropers. Uh, I know. Crazy. In one region, we had 200. And it's, like they're everywhere. I mean, there's well, we and like we did a podcast a, a couple of weeks ago with Jill Edwards and the something special all girl breakaway roping. There's a hundred in the ten and under. Like they're coming yeah. from everywhere. And that is such a good. Um, they've done such a good job of putting that roping on, and I've heard nothing but great things. Um, I did. I haven't got to watch it personally, but man, that's so cool to see see those you know younger kids roping at high. You know, like putting on the production they put on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it'll mm-hmm. help them in the long run. You know, like sometimes, like especially when I was in high school. Like, yeah, you went to Barry Burks and stuff like that, and that they kind of put you on a big stage. But that was about it. And so when right. you got to the high school finals, you know, they bring you in and you're like, oh gosh, you know, you could get a little bit of stage fright, but <laughs> with duration, like they've competed, like and Chris Neal does a great job too mm-hmm. of fireworks and light show and everything, you know, before his short round. So it gets those kids fired up. Like it kind of brings tears to my eyes sometimes watching them, just their faces light up and it's so exciting for them. Well, I mean, I, I, I totally envy Chris Neal and a lot of the productions that, that we've put on the three star and everything. I've stolen a lot of Chris Neal's tools from him. I'm like, you know, I I want my production to be as good as yours. But, um, if that short round at the Chris Neal's productions doesn't get you fired up when they go to a black house and then here's this cute little 10 and 12 year old strutting Mm -hmm. out there to get there. And then, you know, they're waving in the crowd. Like if that doesn't get you fired up, nothing will, you know, like I I know that my blood gets to boiling and it's a 12 and under short round, you know, or whatever it is. And so I think that that's so cool. But on top of that, it's creating confidence in these kids and it's growing them up that way, which is going to make them some of the most fierce competitors out there. Um, There's just nothing but to go up from here, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and Shane, like I didn't really want to go to Vegas this year, but he, he got qualified for the Mike and Sherry Lynn Johnson Vegas toughest. And so I was like, all right, you know, if that's what you want to do. And so we went out there and my goodness, they do a great job. Um, the amount of money that they paid out out there for a junior event was crazy. Like, and Shane, um, he, he kind of went long on his first one. I think he was 13 and he had to come back in the second round and either win first or second. And 
these are, it's a 19 and under, but it's as of January 1st. So there was some of our like Southwest region college kids there that, you know, mm-hmm. are great. There was some younger kids that have won so much, um, you know, at these junior events and Shane hasn't, you know, won a lot at the junior events. Like he didn't get started until, you know, five or six years ago when we moved back to New Mexico. And so, well, yeah, and he grew four foot in one year. I mean, minus that part, like he was four foot tall and then all of a sudden he's six something and got muscles. I mean, so he did, he come back and he won second, the second round. So it, it qualified him for, you know, the shootout round and they did, they did the same thing, you know, lights out and they introduce them and here's all these college kids and kids his age that have been on that type of, and of course, like I'm 10,000 times more nervous for him than I am yeah. for me. And yeah. to see it to, and he came out and he won third. And I was so proud of him for handling that type of situation because he hasn't got to put himself in that situation as much as the other kids, you yeah. know, his age. Um, but, and that kind of, I like you talked about him having his permit. Justin Moss and I talked about, he's like, you need to get him somewhere beside some of these junior events or, you know, you've got to get him in an atmosphere that, makes him, you know, raise his bar, you know? And so I did like, I I bought his permit for him and been letting him, you know, enter the open rodeos here at Lubbock where there's, you know, a bunch of great people out here too. Um, And so then I let him enter the rodeos there and it, it has, it it really has stepped his roping up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's exciting to see. It is. And and I think just the opportunities that we have now and these kids have now to get in these situations to put themselves in the middle of the wolf pack and then rise up, you know, I think is really neat to see. And, uh, it's really, you know, I don't even want to know how tough this thing thing is going to get by the time it's all said and done in two years and five years and 10 years, you know, um, shoot, they might even be under one. I don't know. And so it's pretty exciting to just see the growth and and all the opportunities that breakaway ropers are going to have and do have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Most okay. Definitely. I got one more question for you, Tibba. Okay. If you were going to go back and you were going to tell your younger self something, what would it be and why? Um, I would go back and I would tell myself to write my goals down. Um, I would be more, I like I always practiced a lot. I mean, I mean, I would have four or five horses saddled and, you know, I feel like I could, I could get a lot more done if I would have, you know, wrote down what I wanted to do that year or, you know, maybe read more books or something like that besides just running them and running them and running them on my horses. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like your mental strength can be so much stronger if you work on it just as much as you do your physical strength and your, you know, roping the roping on a horse. Yep. So that's being one thing. Intentional. I think that's great too. Like <laughs> you said, you know. Yeah. Um, and it is, I mean, and just everything that we watch, we listen to, we study, you know, there just as much goes into the mental aspect of it as does the physical. And, and even more so, I think when you get to an age to where, you know, not that you're ever tapped out physically, but you, you've pretty much got your routine in your program there. So then it's like, what can you step up mentally? And uh, I think that's something that we've all really seen in the last few years of pro rodeoing, especially. And, um, yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I kind of made a deal with myself this year, like not as, cause I travel a lot. And so, I mean, whether I'm going and running claims or traveling to the college rodeos or we're going down the road to a rodeo, like 
maybe, maybe not so much as listening to the radio all the time. Maybe there's get on and listen to a podcast. And I, I listen to a bunch of different podcasts, mm-hmm. whether it's yours or I listen to the team roper ones, you know, I listen to motivational ones. There's always something I listen to the barrel racing ones a lot too. Like there's always something you can get out of them, whether right. it, like you can't get anything out of listening to the radio. You listen to those same songs over and over again. So it is something that, you know, you might listen for 30 minutes and you might get, you know, two huge things from them. It's just kind of, if you don't, if you don't grow all the time nowadays, it's, you're going to go behind. So 100%. is what I, yeah, no. And I, I love to listen to Trey Johnson also, and even our cowboy church um, here in Hobbs, like they have a really good one too. And so I try to try to listen to them as much as possible. Also, yeah. Trey's great. You know, he came and and I need to have him on the show. Um, he yeah. came and he did the uh, small tidbit. I don't know what they called it. Probably the game up or the power up. I think is what they called mm-hmm. it at the at the NFR breakaway. And yeah. he gave just a small five to ten minute word each day. And man. It 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 just start it just got you on fire, you know. And one of the cool things I love about him is he is a man of God, and he has stepped up and he is teaching the word and, and preaching the word. But he also has a way to really it applies to what we're doing, and he doesn't separate um, anything from from God and being competitive. You know, it's it's all in one. And and I really love how he can just get his message across and convey that. Uh, that God wants us to be competitors and courageous and strong and, and all the things that he did, but he does a great job. And that some of those power-ups are amazing. And I know that he has some um, great sources on his website, on his podcast and all those things. So you guys go check him out too. He's a great influencer and, and somebody that um, can definitely minister to you in all areas of life. Yes. I've like, I grew up, like he used to do our high school rodeos and then he did our college rodeos. And so I've got to, got to grow up and watch him you know, develop into this huge deal. Like it's, it's, it's been fun to watch. So I've always enjoyed that. Well, me too. Tibba, thank you so much for coming to the show today, uh, rooting you on, cheering for you in 2023. And we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway Roping Podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review, share this episode with a friend, And if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at thebreakawayropingpodcast.com. Go check us out. Sign up for our newsletter. Get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.